Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is, is um, oh my goodness, what is today? Thursday, July 12, 2018, and today we are reading from the big book. We are currently on page 84. We're going to start eight lines from the top, which starts, we will intuitively know how to handle situations through the next paragraph that ends with, they will always materialize if we work for them. Today's readers, we have Carmela G. on the 12 Steps and Terry N. on the 12 Traditions. And the readers of the text, we have Craig F., Susan H., and Barbara E. The reference number for yesterday, which is July 11th, Wednesday, July 11th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 11,649. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, it's 11,650. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose, however, is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors. And then we carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive reading can indeed recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now, hey, yo, Carmela G., will you read the, um, the 12 steps for us? Good morning. Carmela, press, press star one, if you would. Got it. Thank you so much. Larry. Oh, there you are. Thank you, my dear. Carmelogy from New York, The Twelve Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, saw through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, 
having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you, Carmela. Okay, so now, Terry N., would you be kind enough to read the 12 traditions? I sure would, Larry. Hello, everyone. This is Terry N., gratefully recovered in Swedesboro, New Jersey. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for this opportunity for service, and I pass. Thanks so much, Terry. All right, here's how our meeting uh, works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, What we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Um, Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. And there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. And this meeting does request though, that when you share, it it be directly linked to what was read because we're we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you wanna share, uh, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, uh, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone again. If we wanna keep this meeting quiet and where everyone can hear, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So we appreciate that. So today we're gonna, Craig's gonna get us going here. Um, We're back in the big book on page 84. It's eight lines from the top. It starts, we will intuitively know how how to handle situations through the next paragraph that ends, they will always materialize if we work for them. So let's travel down to Oklahoma to the voice Hey, Craig, good morning. Craig F. Good morning, Larry. How are you? What an intro, right? I'm doing good. Yeah, the voice. (laughs) All right. I've been called a lot of things. This is Craig F., uh, recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
All right. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Um, you know, these uh, promises, uh, these ninth-step promises that we're reading, um, first of all, I, I believe that, it, that they are all of them um, a barometer of our surrender, you know, that um, we're real, God's doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves when we've surrendered. You know, that if you could add uh, uh, that question, or that statement, after each promise, you know, to the degree we we surrendered, uh, when we surrendered, then then we begin to see that you know that God can't do those things for us that we can't do for ourselves as long as we're holding on to them, as long as we're fighting them. So it, it is a barometer of of surrender, and and it says that we're they're being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Uh, my perfectionist mind says it's binary. They either are or they or they aren't being fulfilled. But um, you know, it, it tells me that there's not going to come uh, perfectly uh, immediately. That it's going to come uh, uh, over a period of time. And and when is it going to come? They will always materialize if we work for them. So we, we have to work for these promises. Um, the, uh, and the question uh, in my mind then would be, how do I work for the promises? You know, um, and I, I think that the answer to that is the answer to so much. And we're, you know, the ne very next paragraph, we're going to start into step 10. And, and the, how we work for these is we live a spiritual way of life. In other words, we, we deepen our surrender in steps 10 11 and 12 that we deepen our surrender by continuing to take an inventory and, and make amends. We can deepen our surrender by prayer and uh, asking God to direct our thinking and, and by uh, that, uh, that process of prayer meditation and step 11, the process of daily inventory and in step 11. And then, and then we uh, uh, deepen our surrender by working with others, we say, uh, you know, that uh, our we give back of our our time and our recovery in, in order to grow spiritually. Bill W. told us back in uh, uh, 14 and 15 that the way to enlarge our spiritual life was through self-sacrifice uh, for others. Work, you know, working with others. So that's how we deepen our spiritual life, and that, that's how we work. I believe for these promises and and you know with my sponsees i have them use promises these ninth step promises the tenth step promises the eleventh step promises in particular as an inventory we we say uh, each take each promise and ask ourselves on, on kind of maybe on a like every three months it, is that promise coming true in my life today uh, a little bit uh, uh, a lot uh, all the time, none of the time, and, and with each promise, we ask ourselves: 
that, and then we and then ask ourselves why? Why am am I not working for that? Am I? Uh, how am I doing with enlarging my spiritual life? And what is that? What effect? Direct effect might that have on uh, on uh, the fulfillment of these promises in my life? Because we start with the assumption that these are uh, desirable things. All of these things I want to to intuitively know how to do things I didn't used to know, and uh, and in situations and I uh you know I want to I want to see God's hand in my life that he's doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. These are all uh, not extravagant. Well, I think they are uh he says they're not extravagant promises. I think they they are uh immense they're great promises. They they are they are maybe not extravagant in the in the idea that they're over fancy. They're extravagant in that uh I I, I didn't have this when I when I was in the food. I didn't have this uh, without this program, and uh, they make life rich and worthwhile. And uh, I think I'm about out of time, so with that, I will I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. What page are we on? I'm glad you asked, Larry. We're on page 84. We're eight lines from the top. Starts. We will intuitively know. Um, and uh, followed by the, the the next paragraph after that. And uh, who would like to share on what was read? Nancy Barbara. 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 Nancy Barbara. Marsha. Susan. Susan. Nessa R. Nessa. Let's stop. Let's, let's stop with that, if you would. All right. Here's who I have, and I apologize. We'll get you on the around the bend here. I got Nancy Barbara. Marsha, 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 that's one person. Susan, Nessa, and Harlan. Hey, Nancy, good morning. Hi, can I be heard? You can. Okay, thanks for um, letting me share. So intuitively know how to deal with things that used to baffle me. You know, sometimes I would get into a situation where I don't fly off the handle. And more often it would be, you know, that I don't jump in as though I know everything or or as though I already know the answer. That was one of the things that was central to who I am. My, quote, intuition was usually a path to merely confirm what I thought I already knew. So, you know, living a life like that, we fast forward to 2018. As I began to chip away at myself, um, things got easy, easier and not so much conflict and strife. And, um, you know, joy replaced fear and pain and rage and I think that when I stop to acknowledge that and to be grateful that moment is you know my brain has this synapse like an involuntary quake and that is God working for for me and these are the ways that I'm being <clears throat> healed <clears throat> excuse me um, not me healing myself but God healing me um, doing for me what I never ever could have done for myself and it's when I stop and think about that, that's when I, that's the word suddenly, when I stop and think about that and just let that knowledge just sort of flow through me, it brings more joy, you know, joy begets joy. So um, I am completely, completely changed that I'm, and that, that's the only thing in my life that has changed is me. Everything else, all the challenges that I have um, are the same, but I've changed. And um that gives me a life second to none. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. 
Thanks so much, Nancy. Okay, Barbara followed by Marsha. Well, hello, Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Uh, good morning. I love when you sing to me. <laughs> Early in the morning, that's wonderful. I am Barbara Ian. I'm in New Jersey, and I do love the nine step promises, the tenth. I love them all. Know intuitively how to handle situations. This, for me, is where the four P's come in. Pause, pray, ponder, and proceed with caution. That's what I have to do. I firmly believe that, for me, God has my back. But as someone in this room says, the dimmer switch can sometimes be turned down. And when that happens, the chatter in my, my head, the issues of the outside world can become too loud, and I miss that little whisper of intuition. But if that happens, even if that happens, it's God's way of giving me another life lesson. The promises are wonderful, but I can't tell you I am never fearful, never dishonest. Sometimes my emotional nature does run riot. Sometimes I am not living the life I was meant to be. But I'm willing to grow. I'm willing to improve. I'm willing to learn. I'm teachable. That's all I ask for, to continue my journey and give thanks to my higher power, to my OA family, to Bill and Bob, my sponsees, my sponsors, and set right any wrongs I might make today. Because the minute I get out of bed in the morning, anything can happen. So I pray, I meditate, and I continue to grow. For me, I've learned one and done doesn't work. When my first sponsors asked me if the promises were coming true, I said, no, 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 and no. Now I can joyfully this time round say, yes, these are the anti-bedevilments that used to plague me found on page 52. And I recognize my humanity. For me, the clue is work for them though, Barbara, work. God will have my back. They will come true, but I have to work and accept quickly or slowly, that's okay. Be humble, be patient, feel God in my soul, and be ready to change. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Barbara. Okay, we have Marsha followed by Susan. Good morning, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Press star one if you would. Good morning. This is Marissa. Hi. Oh, Marissa. Marissa. Sorry about that. That's okay. This is Marissa B., recovering compulsive overeater, calling in from Southern California. Oh, my higher power led uh, led the way to finding this Vision for You meeting exactly a year ago. Um, However, this is the first time I've gathered enough courage to share on the line. And... um, It's only been in this past year that I've devoted this much energy to developing a relationship with my higher power, a relationship where 
I surrender fear and trust in God's plan, God's will for me. Taking my will out of the equation um, has been one of the most transformational, the most profound development for me. And it feels um, as if though I've been under construction in this past year. And I suspect that I will be until I draw my last breath. I'm becoming awake to the fact that I only get reprieve from compulsive eating for one day. Um, For me, this is contingent upon how connected I remain to my higher power throughout the day. And I'm becoming aware that I don't get to expect anything like perfection, um, a perfect pain-free life. Uh, With my higher higher power's guidance and illumination of my most glaring character defects, I become more alert when they crop up. And when they crop up, I now um, know how to implement the steps that aid me, that show me how to draw closer to my higher power. Through, through the grace of my higher power and the transformation that is taking place a little more every day, I'm able to handle the situations that used to baffle me. And when I get off track, I can then quickly turn to my higher power in prayer for his guidance, um, for his guiding hands, for his direction, surrendering to his will. I suddenly realize that he is doing for me what I have never been able to do for myself. And I just want to say that I'm so grateful for this meeting, um, this meeting that reads the big book and works the steps as outlined. And little by little, I begin to regain a more meaningful life, a life that centers around my creator. And I have much work ahead of me. I know I do. And I hope I I don't forget that this is work for a lifetime. And I, I want to remember that my reprieve is but a daily reprieve so that I don't rest on my laurels. Remembering that these 12 promises will only materialize when and if I'm willing to work for them. So thank you to those who work in selfless spirit to bring us all this transformational meeting. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marissa, for your share. Okay, we have Susan followed by Nessa and then Joe DiMaggio. Susan? Good morning. Your turn. Good morning. This is Susan H., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Ohio. And, yeah, it sounds like everyone is uh, intrigued by we intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. And I was baffled a lot, (laughs) a lot. I find that in the midst of a disturbance, it dawns on me to ask, first and foremost, my higher power. I, I see the intuition, and if not immediately, then gradually it dawns on me that I, I must listen. Here is my help. As I walk this path, it seems more likely that I will listen as soon as that intuitive thought comes up. It really works if you work it. I don't kid myself that I always listen immediately. I'm aiming again at progress rather than perfection. But I find humility when I get quiet, simple direction from my higher power and let him do for me what I cannot do for myself. I'm grateful to all who are on this uh, telephone call, and uh, thanks. 
I pass. Thanks so much, Susan. We have Nessa followed by Harlan. Hey, Nessa, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Vishy, for you. My name is Nessa Ott, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So uh, extravagant, extravagant promises. Um, to me, it has the connotation of something um, lavish, something exorbitant, but also something unattainable. And um, when I think about the promises that are uh, listed here and that have come true for the most part and most days in my life, I do think that they are lavish and I do think that they are exorbitant uh, because they're way beyond anything I could have ever imagined or wanted for myself. And they are more wonderful than even the best goals that I, I, I could have thought you know, or achieved. Um, but they are not unattainable, and that's why it says we think not. But, but how do we attain them? And then it follows. Um, if we work for them, and, and here the key thing is the conditional if. If we work for them, and, you know, like I got to state none, and I thought, like, what? If I work for them, haven't I worked enough already for these promises? Why can't I get them now? But it doesn't say, you know, they will materialize now that we have worked for them. It doesn't say that. It says if we work for them, it has, uh, which, which implies I need to work for them today and tomorrow and the day after and the day after. And I've seen so many people, um, and I was actually one of them, that, um, you know, got to step nine, put the book away, I'm done, I'm graduated, now I can go on my merry way and continue doing what I was doing before, and before you know it, back into the food. And that's not it. I mean, it says here, if we work for them, after all the work we've done, which has been very strenuous, very drastic, very rigorous for sure, there's still more of that work to be done. And it, and it continues for a lifetime, as long as I want to, uh, hold on to these promises and all the other promises that are in the big book because these are not the only promises. Almost every step has promises. And, and I'm very grateful that I'm living them today because I am working for them. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa. Now batting, Babe Ruth. Well, I'd like to be Anthony Rizzo. I don't know about Babe Ruth, but okay. All right. We can, we can take that. Hi, Larry. I'm Harlan G. I'm a, a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. You know, in the first many decades of my life, every single day of my life, my life got worse and worse and worse. And by the time I was in high school, I didn't fit in my skin. And I didn't fit in my clothes. And I didn't fit in my desk. And I didn't fit in the world. And I lied when the truth would have served me better. And I was angry. And every day I would eat more and more and more and more. And by the time I was a senior in high school at Mather High School in Chicago, I was 335 pounds. And I was disgraced. And I wanted to die. And every day I cried. And I said to God, please take my life. I don't want to live this life. I don't belong in this world. And then one day you gave me a book. And you gave me your hand to hold. 
And every single day and in every single way, my life got better. Seldom did it get where I thought it should be or where I wanted it to be because no matter how evolved my recovery got, I never rose above the level of a human being. And as a human being, my unsatiable ego saw things it wanted. And most of the time, I didn't get them. And so I looked at these promises and I said, Peh! Peh! I haven't gotten them. I'm alive. I'm 64 years old. I've weighed over 700 pounds. My friend who lives in Oklahoma, who you heard, told me that statistically, the chances of me surviving are zero. They are not measurable in number. I didn't tell any lies yesterday. I didn't do anything yesterday that I would die of shame if you found out about it. I paid my bills. I made a little money at my business. I went to physical therapy because I just had my knee replaced five weeks ago and I'm I'm in need of physical therapy. I'm struggling to, to get my equilibrium back, but I will get it back. I engaged in no behavior yesterday that was rooted in the illness. God did for me what I could not do for myself. My promises are coming true. I didn't eat anything I'm ashamed of, and I didn't say anything I'm ashamed of, and I live the life of a recovered person. Hopefully I'll get to do that again today. That's enough for me because that is the most glorious way to live. And I'm going to work my butt off at this program because this is not a program for people who need it. It is not a program for people who want it. It's a program for people who do it. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Harlan. Okay, Sharon H., your turn. Good morning. Hey, Sharon, press uh, press star one, if you would. Okay, maybe I, um, either Sharon's having technical difficulties or maybe I didn't hear Sharon. Maybe that was the voice that speaks to me in my head. Um, let's see here. Okay, so well, Sharon, if you're if you're there, yeah, we'll we'll pick you up on the next end here. So we're on page 84, eight lines from the top. We're sharing on. Uh, it starts. We will intuitively know how to handle things. And who would like to share? Boston. Richard B. Kelly S. Boston. Kelly. Richard. Leia. Did you get Katie, Larry? Yeah, I did. Um, okay, perfect. Thanks. Let's see. Here's what I have. I got Katie. You're going to get us started. I got Vasa. Oh, and I got Kelly, and I got Richard, and Leah D. Who, did I miss one other person in that mix there? Carmela G. Carmela, of course. Okay, let's let's stop there, and then we'll keep it going here. Hey, Katie, how's the baby? Good morning. She is sleeping and uh, loving these extravagant promises. Well, wake her up, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Larry. Larry. 
Uh, hi guys, Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. And I just had to share God doing for me what I could not do for myself. Like, holy smokes, you know, I should be dead. Um, I don't have any peach fuzz on my arms today. Um, I said myself the, the amount that I was supposed to eat yesterday. I didn't undereat. I didn't drink laxatives. I didn't take Ipecac. I didn't spend four hours exercising. I didn't lie at my job. Um, holy smokes. I mean, that kind of stuff, like I should be dead 10 times over, right? Like just, just as basic powerlessness, step one. And <clears throat> recently, I feel like God just keeps carrying me. Um, I do um, my recently I had the opportunity to show up all weekend for my wonderful in-laws that I do plenty of step 10 work around because they are polar opposites to the family that I grew up in. So I don't want to show up. I don't want to show up. I'm like, let me just lock my family in my house. You guys stay in New Hampshire. I'm staying here. <clears throat> but because of the willingness to just show up, to pack my food, to show up, to first and foremost, get on my knees, ask God for help. God keeps shocking me, like carrying me through so that when I thought like I clear out the wreckage of the future, I have all these plans and schemes about horrible things that are going to happen. I think they're going to show up at noon and I'm going to have crisis after crisis after crisis. I do the work. I show up. They show up at four. God gives me a manageable day. I mean, I, I can't do this for me. I can't do this. Or, you know, showing, having God sit on my tongue when I want to scream and rage or actually pausing instead of, like, going forward. Or, um, you know, one of the things I'm learning now is how to calmly, after I've done a step 10, how to calmly say, set a boundary and say, oh, no, that doesn't work for me, or, oh, this is my truth, or, and not in a way that's like publicly humiliating anyone, but in a way that's like connected to the belly breath down inside my body. And God doing for me what I could not do for myself. I spent double digit years at war with my body, trying to suck it away, stuff it away, push it away, and not be connected from my head to my heart. And how did I start this day? With belly breath, with like feeling God as close to the breath inside my belly. And that gives me a chance today to see you all as God's kids and not as a threat in my life. I don't have to fight for KDG anymore. You know, God's got me and it's okay. So hang on, these, these extravagant promises are so extravagant and they continue when and if I show up in entire abstinence and doing the steps each and every day. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Katie. Okay, that voice in my head was not Sharon H. It was Susan H. So Susan, I don't know if you're prepared to share, but if you'd like to, you can share now if you want to, Susan. Okay, if not, we can put you on the end there, Susan. Oh, oh, oh I did share a little earlier. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay, all right. So I, I thought I thought I had a, the Wizard of Oz told me that I, I messed up there that it was Sharon. It was Susan, I think. Anyway, okay. Um, okay, thank you, Susan. All right, so here's who we have. We have Vasa followed by Kelly. Hey, Vasa. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Larry, for your service. 
service and Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered compulsive Ovida calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And uh, I've shared many, many times, I struggled with the food addiction for many, many, many years. I never knew it was a food addiction. I never knew it was a disease. I just knew I loved to eat, you know. And I could never imagine I would ever put the food down, you know, till I came to Overeaters Anonymous. I just, you know, I accepted. I gave in to the food finally after many, many, many years. I remember saying, I'm just going to die fat and miserable because nothing worked out to that point. And this was my last hope, and this is the only thing that has worked for me for many, many, many years. And I, coming to the first meeting, I love to hear the promises. And I remember thinking, it was, this is just too good to, to believe to be true. And that has been true, and that has been believable. And it, I, I, I'm a miracle. I would be dead today. No, I did not gain a lot of weight, you know by the grace of God, but it was getting progressively worse. And I thank God for people that had before me. They, they, you know, like I was, for me it was progressive. I, I learned from them. If I didn't do what I, you know, what they suggested, what they told me to do, I, you know, I'd get there and I'd be dead. I mean, I know I'd be dead today. My mother died from this disease. She was only 62. I'm 73 years old. I'm going and I'm going and I'm going. It's a miracle. God is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And again, step one, I was ready and I was willing to, I didn't want to die. And I did put the food in God's hands. And I did hear Put the food down, Vasa. How am I going to do this? This is crazy. I'm going to die without this stuff. Well, my sponsor said, put the food down. Surrender. Surrender to God. Put the food down and work the 12 steps. And I did surrender. And God was doing, grad, little by little, it was easier for me to uh, deal with the food because God is in charge now. Vasa is not. And then gradually, you know, yeah, the food was down. I was saying, God, this is miracle. How could I put just, I mean, one day together, you know, to eat just my healthy meal, breakfast, lunch, and supper. I mean, that was a miracle for me not to put anything in the mouth. I was a grazer. You know, I'd be grazing all day long. My husband said, yeah, Vasa, you have one meal. Started in the morning, finished at nighttime. You get up at nighttime. And I would go and check the refrigerator. Oh, my God. I can't believe this program. It's, you know, again, I surrender with the food. With my life and morale, I, well, I was afraid. I, you know, with the food, 150% surrender. But gradually, I could see what God was doing for me that I couldn't do for myself. And I started surrendering with my life and my will. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks, Vasa. Okay, we have Kelly followed by Richard. Is this Kelly in Oklahoma, from Oklahoma, Kelly? It absolutely is, Larry. Oh, Kelly. my gosh, Kelly. How are you? I know. Two Okies in a row, huh? Well, almost in What's a row. next, Deb W? I mean, come on. <laughs> um, this is – thanks, Larry, for your service. This is Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Oklahoma. So grateful. So um, – I never thought I'd ever be able to share on the promises, to be honest with you guys, that they're coming true for me. 
Um, so I'm doing this uh, big book study. You know, I've been around 30-something years. I have three and a half years of recovered abstinence. And, you know, we know this book today is a textbook to be studied, but I'm learning that slowly. And so I'm doing this big book study. So we're reading this, this today, and I'm thinking, hey, hey, wait a minute. This sounds like some of the stuff I'm reading back in There's a Solution. I think this book's all how somehow connected. And so I went back to that paragraph while I was listening to you guys, and it talks about in There's a Solution. Um, well, first of all, you know, it says here, we will suddenly um, – realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And back on those paragraphs that I'm reading in this new book study I'm reading, it says the great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective, and that's a big word to me, effective spiritual experiences, which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is the, indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things which we could never do by ourselves. What is that? It's those promises. Oh, my God. I mean, that paragraph is pretty much saying the exact same thing, things I never thought. So how's my deep, effective relationship? What does that mean? It means I didn't just get zapped. I didn't have the white light experience that I always wanted. You know, Even Bill had that, but I've shared before what I forgot and didn't, want to, didn't really want to think about is Bill continued the work. Yeah, he had that, but oh my God, Bill did so much service. You know, he talks about in his story that how he enlarges his spiritual life is through work and self-sacrifice. So yes, this is another promise. They will always materialize if we work for them. That's a huge promise. And yeah, sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly. You know, I look back at all of these and um, you know, no, they're not always there all the time, but if I work for them, and like other people shared, that means putting the food down 100% entire abstinence and getting on with this work and intuitively knowing how to handle situations that used to baffle us. Let me tell you what some of that is for me. It, it, like to me, it's, um, hey, I need to ask for help. You know, I want the answers to come to me and just know what to do. But to me today, sometimes that is, I never used to ask for help. I've been having some trouble with sponsees recently, and it came to me, hey, maybe I should ask my guide. There's an idea. And I got the guidance, and that was on my gratitude list yesterday. So no, I don't, I, the answers for me aren't that I realize I don't have all the answers. So that, but that's actually a God thing in itself. So these things do work, but my effective relationship with a higher power is, again, I said this the other day, and I'm wrapping up, is you know, entire abstinence, my higher power, you guys, and service. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Kelly. Okay, before we get to, to the Bronx, get to Leah in the Bronx, we have an embedded correspondent in Ireland. Richard, good morning, or good afternoon. Good morning, Larry. Good afternoon, it is 12.43 p.m., and the sun is shining. Uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Richard B., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Cork, Ireland. And, yeah, the promises. These pati this particular paragraph, are these... Uh, sorry, uh, no, which one was it I was going to talk about? Ah, that's it. Intuition. Uh, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And... Um, the book talks about intuition and that it's not some sort of blinding light thing and it isn't somebody shouting down from the heavens what you need to do when you ask for help. 
And the book talks about listening to what's inside, having that feeling in your gut. That's the voice of God. That's my intuition. So this morning I had this situation um, where I realized I'm pretty much having two snacks, um, two, sorry, two different choices of snacks. Each day I seem to be going to the same things. And it's not down to a compulsively overeating thing. It's not a trigger thing. It's down to the fact that I don't have enough variety in my snacks. And partly down to money as well. And I was I was texting my sponsor about it. And I had prayed about it first. And suddenly I had this voice from my intuition. And that was, go to Google. First of all, I went to God. And then I went to Google. And wouldn't you know, there's my other proteins listed out before me. Options. The other thing, um, situations that used to baffle us, um, yeah, uh, my relationship with uh, my mother is something that, that is something that crops up quite a lot, and I've shared it before in meetings, um, because my mother is an addict as well and not in recovery, and having two addicts in the house is difficult. And um, I am learning through a relationship with my higher power through reaching out to my sponsor, that I don't have to be baffled by her bad temper anymore. I do not have to be baffled of what to do and start screaming and shouting when she starts abusing me and screaming and shouting at me. All I have to do is detach, walk away, and accept that's how she is. And, yeah... For me, that is a big situation that used to baffle us. But again, it's with these promises. It's not like they're they're all true all at once, all the time. There's something that that come and go in different forms. It's it's like a the aurora borealis uh, when you see different coloured lights glimmering here and there. And um, yeah, I'm not going to be perfect with my relationship with my mother all the time, or how I react, or how I cope. Um, but it's something I am learning, and it's something that is coming through. So that is a situation that used to baffle us, uh, used to baffle me, and probably everybody else around me. So with that, I will say thank you very much, everybody, and have a wonderful day. I'll pass. Thanks so much, Richard. All right, let's go from Ireland. Let's let's hit the East Coast here. We got Leah D. followed by Carmela G. Hey, Leah. Good morning. Hi, can I be heard? You can, you betcha. Was the man's name who spoke before his name Richard? Uh, that, that's King Richard from uh, Ireland, yes. King Richard, God bless you. I am the queen of Google, and I'm sitting here feeling feelings, and you said I went from God to Google, and I laughed out loud. <sighs> Thank you so much. Okay, so God is doing for me what I can't do for myself. I opened up an email from a sponsor this morning and said, Thank you, God, for the myriad of unseen things you do for me on a daily basis, never mind those I see. You know, I had I had um, oral gum surgery, laser gum surgery. It's really good. It was good. I have no pain. I'm great. And I had to change my food. They told me for the first three days I had to drink only. Well, I must really be recovered because that knowledge in my past before my 12 steps, my big book and all you wonderful people would have been, put me into a psychotic tailspin. 
I can't, I won't, what if, what'll happen, what if. And God is doing for me what I can't do for myself. I can't believe what recovery really means. I'm one of these people who's in the rooms 44 years. 42 years, I just thought it had to do with following a food plan, reading the steps, talking the steps, holding the big book, and doing a bunch of slogans. I had no idea what it meant to work the steps. I had no idea what it meant the way Joe and Charlie say to work this program. But God is definitely, it's not even definitely doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And it says in the reading, it says suddenly. Now, did you define the word suddenly? Suddenly means quickly, okay, but it also means unexpectedly. And that's what happened. Unexpectedly, a miracle is taking place in my life. Now, I'm sure there are 3,000 people on this line who don't know what the heck I'm talking about. But I promise you that if you find a guide and do exactly what they tell you to do, word for word and line by line, it'll be a firework explosion in your life and the gifts will come. (sighs) Miracles of God, miracles of God, and miracles of God. And it's not the big things, it's the day-to-day living. The anxiety is less, the fear is less, the uncertainty is less. The desire for food is less. Life looks better. We pause. We trust. Because God is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself suddenly and unexpectedly. And my life is a new adventure today. And that's all I have time for now. And I love it. And thank you all for being here and giving me the chance to open my mouth today. Thank you, Larry. Oh, Thanks, Leah. Okay, Carmela G., it's your turn. Good morning. Hi, it's Carmela G. from New York. Thank you for allowing me to share. Um, Can I be heard, Larry? Because I'm confused with my phone this morning. Just to to me. No one else can hear you, but I can hear you. (laughs) Good morning, Carmela. I uh, I, I love this, and I had to share this morning because um, recently, I was working with someone. She wasn't my sponsee, but she called for an outreach call, and she was very frustrated because she was very early on in the steps, and she looks at me and she said, but I don't have what you have. I want it, but uh, well, when am I going to get it? And I said to her, you have to work the program. And I reminded her of my early experience in program when I was initially doing my steps in the very beginning and um, we got to the book. We were doing the book page by page and my sponsor said to me, now every night I want you to read pages 83 to 88. And I thought, Okay, I'll do it because I want recovery. I will do anything. And I would read those pages, and they were words on a page. But today, five years into working this program diligently every day, these promises have become a fabric of my being. They are part of me. And when I work the program daily, I am amazed with my intuition. 
I have a thought that I could have had six decades ago and didn't comprehend, but today I comprehend it. I understand it. And God is truly working and inspiring me as long as I am willing daily to do his will and not Carmela's. Because when I was in disease, at 315 pounds, every day I would get up and take my fat butt and say, excuse me, God, move out of the way. I have to have these things. I must. You have to do this for me. And today, when I wake up daily, I say, God, please, one more day of directing me and allowing me to do your will. And with that, step by step, I can hear his voice, his direction, after I do all the work of the program and try to be the person that he wants me to be. And with that, I shall pass. Thanks, Carmela. Okay, who's who's the person? I know you're out there that wants these last two minutes. I, I see you. I know you're there. From the Bronx, though. Who? Who's that from the Bronx? Jackie. Jackie from the Bronx. I knew, I saw you. I knew it was going to be you. Good morning. Party, <laughs> how are you? Thank you, Larry. Thank you, everyone, for your share. Um, everybody told my story. Um, I am just amazed today that um, after 25 years, today I'm abstinent exactly 23 months, giving away 180 pounds, and um, but I've been in program. And I'm grateful because I work it every day. I don't go to bed without doing a 10th and 11th step during my day. It's a 10th and 11th every night. I make sure that I contact, even if it's a text, even if it's a hello, even if it's a, I don't want to, I just do it. Um, today, I don't live in jack world. I live in life world. Um I'm willing to accept that there are things in this life that I am not happy about or I can't change, but I'm willing to work my program and hope God will guide me. Um, yesterday I had a client, uh, me, and, between her, me and another social worker, we helped her, and it was just an address change, but we helped her, and I said, wow, that is service. So I say no matter where you are in your recovery, don't give up. Don't, because you know what? There is no, nothing better than being willing. I know that doesn't sound so good, but it does. You know, I'm, I, I, today I had a slimmer of a thought of exercising. Slimmer, I may exercise, but for today, I'm willing to change. And with that, my body's changed. I'm even willing to accept that I have bones. Oh, my God. I get freaked out when I feel bones. So with that, I want to say keep going, and thank you for letting me share. Hey, Jackie. Thanks for taking us out there. Appreciate that. 
And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, which is July 12th for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, is 11,654. That's 11654. And we're now going to close with the reading, uh, with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Susan H., are you available to do that? I am. Can you hear me? I can. Thanks, Susan. Okay. Yeah, this is Susan H. yet again, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you till then. <laughs>